Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Greetings to you, one and all. Happy Tuesday. It's Sports Talk here on News Talk 1493 FM. This program runs from 4 to 6 every weekday. And I'm Scott Beatty, your host. Lauren Tate is here with me for our number one. Longtime coverer, observer, writer, broadcaster of the Illini and more. Next hour, Evan Kahn joins us. And our guests today, oh, Jeremy Warner. 247 Sports, Illini Inquirer. Turns out Illinois football is pretty good. We'll talk to him about his Illini thoughts. Next hour, former Illini second baseman Michael Massey, now a big leaguer with the Kansas City Royals. Happy to make some time for us during his off season. So we will catch up with him as well. Good to see you, sir. Lauren Good to see you. Are you okay in the sunshine there? Oh, yeah. The That's sun at this time of year. is good. The sun angle at this time of year comes right through the windows into your your position around the right studio. Right into my rosy cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, you'll get some color. You're looking a little pale <laughs> I these certainly days. need some color. <laughs> well, we're going to find out where Illinois football tonight is ranked in the college yeah. football playoffs. I saw one article in, uh, I think it was The Athletic, that it, it's essentially like trying to do bracketology in February, if you will, these folks say, okay, what is the committee going to think? And this is where we're guessing teams are coming out. Uh, They have Illinois projected at 12. Mm -hmm. I saw a CBS ranking from, predicted ranking from uh, Jerry Palm. It says 23. They're all guessing what the committee will do. Well, it doesn't matter this week, but what really what, does what matter... What are you talking about? There's a whole special on TV I for it. I understand that, but, it, but we know we've got Michigan State, Purdue, and Michigan coming up, and you win the games, and you go rocketing up high, and if you don't win, you don't. It's that simple. Well, during we the can't basketball... Talk, we can't talk them into it. Look, look, Lauren, it used to be in basketball, there was a selection Sunday, and the teams mm-hmm. were revealed, and that was it. Yeah. Now we have the NCAA yeah. saying, well, here's who the top 16 are, at least. Mm-hmm. You know, here's kind of almost your locks. But of course, that could change. But we, we need that because we need to know. <laughs> because we need to know whether or not. That's, that's, for, all, that's for everybody that looks past Michigan State. <laughs> for those of us who just want to figure out some way, any way, that you can get a one point win over Michigan State, wouldn't that be thrilling? Any kind of a win, just I, any kind of a win. Now you, they're down. Michigan State's down there. They got whipped by Michigan last week, of course, and and they lost four players already. Although uh, I, I shouldn't say they're not key players because a couple of them were uh, the starting nickel, yeah, starting are, defensive end. So that those are key players plus a backup defensive end, and and yet uh, you, you, just, you just never know what's going to happen with that oblong ball. 
No, you don't. No, you don't. But who can look past Michigan State? Can it? Could you? you do you? Is it okay to dream of Big Ten West titles? Sure, sure. you can dream. <laughs> but a one-point victory or more would be delightful for the mostly full Everybody Memorial Stadium. Everybody betting on a 16-and-a-half spread. Is that where it's at now? Well, it was, yes, that's what it was as of this morning. Illinois has shown this ability to dominate other teams without huge gaps in the score. That's exactly right. And they dominated Indiana without a big gap in the, in the scoring, too. I'm sitting there on Saturday when the, it was a two-score game in the fourth quarter, and I'm wondering why they haven't pulled Chase Brown and Tommy DeVito and other mm-hmm. starters. And and it's mostly because of how the game had gone. You just didn't see any way uh, for well, Nebraska I, to come back in it. As a matter of fact, Bielema felt the same way and get, became very conservative. Kicked a field goal on fourth and one at the 18-yard line, which normally you would run on that play, and uh, particularly in that situation. But nevertheless, um, uh, you, you know, this, the margin doesn't matter as long as you get through the win. And he played very conservative. And he, I, and I've seen such. And I, I always go back. I, I, there's certain games that that are in my brain where we became too conservative too soon and lost on the last drive yeah. a couple of times that I think about, and uh, including one against Ohio State that I had a long talk with Mike White about. I mean, he had a choice to clinch the game by going for a touchdown. If he wouldn't get it, if he didn't get it, he would be vulnerable, and he kicked the field goal and was still vulnerable, less than seven points, and, and Ohio State came down and won the game after we kicked the field goal. Had we gone for the fourth and one, or I think it was fourth and one, fourth and one, fourth and two, something right down on the goal line, and we didn't do it, and we wound up losing. I mean, you remember those things because, and yet we might have not made it either, so who knows? Well, I agree with you with your statement there about margins. My point is the way Illinois has played – a 14-point lead, for example, in the fourth quarter has felt big. It does look big. And it reminds me of not too long ago when you would play a Wisconsin or an Iowa and you'd be down a score or two and you felt like you might as well be down by 40. And Ohio State, for example, you'd know they can go light you up for 50. And I don't think Illinois um, needs to do that with this defense, but at some point you'd like to see some more points on the board. Well... I, I go back to the the, the first game that Bielma saw uh, the Illini play against Penn State mm-hmm. in the final game of the season. <laughs> I think it was twenty one twenty one after the first quarter, and then and then what was it? <laughs> like sixty three to twenty one, something, <laughs> something yeah, like that. Well, well, I, I just think that what they've done defensively is amazing, just amazing. And now we got a quarterback that's number two in the nation in completion percentage. When did that ever happen? When you got an offense designed to throw 5, 10, 15-yard passes efficiently and effectively with a quarterback that doesn't make a lot of mistakes in that system. Can we do it next year? Who's the quarterback? I don't know. Nobody knows. Nope. Nobody knows. who. We just know it won't be DeVito. Are you absolutely certain? Yeah. I am absolutely certain. I've I've brought it up with Kent Brown, and I— I, I said, and I get hit with the thing every time. You can't redshirt two years in a row. You can't redshirt twice. 2020 doesn't count, but he's redshirted on two other occasions. Yeah. 
I, I I'm 98 percent certain. Well, okay. I, I mean, I like I've I've asked what I consider to be the the authority on it. I mean, I mean, I know that they've looked at every possibility, and if there was any possibility of of uh, you know appealing, they would. But I don't. I think that they're already looking for another quarterback somewhere. I mean, they've got people over there in that department who that's their job to try to figure out who the next great quarterback. And and by the way, there will be dozens, dozens and dozens that will transfer. I guarantee you they're looking at or however they need to contact, whatever. But I can also guarantee you there have been players that have reached out through back channels or directly. I bet there are. I mean, anybody that looks at this situation can see there's an opening here. And Sitkowski's still here, too, by the way. He's got another year. Donovan Leary and, and, yeah. and Swanson, the incoming. He's been and, working and, with the JVs, basically, with the re- reserve team all year. The somewhat tongue-in-cheek analogy has been an arranged marriage between the offensive coordinator, Barry Lunny Jr., and the transfer quarterback, Tommy DeVito. And uh, it's been love at first sight, has, as, so to speak, and asked Barry Lunny this week whether Tommy DeVito is – underappreciated because of Chase Brown and 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 how well the defense is playing. Well, he's not inside the walls, I can promise you that, of our building. I mean, the way he's operating and the way he's playing at a really high level has allowed us, uh, afforded us to be, um, I would say, extremely balanced in what we're doing uh, and efficient, what we're doing offensively. So I can't say enough again about how he's playing and he's seeing things and uh, just how he's leading our offense. He's a really nice compliment, you know, as a unit to what we're doing in the running game. What is making him so efficient in uh, avoiding incompletions and interceptions? Well, I mean, you know, obviously, some of it is the design of, and I'm not saying this from from my perspective, like I'm designing them. Just like some of it is, it's a lot of quick and intermediate things that are generally speaking, no matter what scheme you're in, are higher percentage. But his his precision and and uh, decision making, and when he takes those and when he doesn't, and he's just been spot on, and so. Uh, you know, and obviously we're catching the ball. Casey made an incredible catch the other day um, on a big play that uh, kept our drive going, or not kept our drive going, but gave us a first down on second and eight. And so it's a little bit of everything. Guys catching the ball, running the right route with uh, detail and, fu- and good fundamentals, and then Tommy just delivering the ball on time uh, has really been a good recipe for us to get the ball out of our hand quickly and, and be efficient in the passing game. For the most part, these receivers have been open. I mean, I, there's something about Lenny's offense that's – working maybe part of it is is the fact that the other teams have to concentrate so much on chase brown that they're not you know they're that they're missing the one man shy on defense on in the secondary i don't know and chase brown's found himself open a few times on that wheel route well yeah that that's just the defense going to sleep i mean everybody loves that play because when the when the uh when the play is going to the right and and the running back is fake to the left and he just Runs out to the left side if the, if nobody covers him, it's it's a touchdown that way. Some award watch lists uh, coming up today for Illinois. Um, two semifinalists for Illinois and Devin Witherspoon and Johnny Newton on the Bernard uh, Bernarik Award uh, semifinalists. They're both on a list of twenty. From across the nation, uh, saw the Davy O'Brien watch list for Tommy DeVito, uh, Illinois getting some some recognition here across the board, and that is uh, good to see for the team. NBA Steve Nash out at Brooklyn as the head coach. That's 
that's good for him. <laughs> Who would want to coach the, the the Nets? Tell me. Got two thirty point scorers so yeah. far, but you're two and five, and you got a drama and yeah, yeah, drama he'll, after he'll, drama. He'll find he'll find a gig. Coming up, Jeremy Warner will join us from 247 Sports and Illini Inquirer. We'll get his thoughts on this Illinois football team and more. Stay with us. We're off and running. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Illini family, this is Brett Bielema. We're back this Saturday against Michigan State. And Illini game day coverage is right here on DWS and on the News Gazette app. Hey, if you want to come tailgate with us on Saturday in Grange Grove, head to our website, WDWS.com, and click on the contest to win some tailgate passes where you can uh, eat and drink with us before the game. Tailgate opens at 12 o'clock. You don't have to have tickets to the game, although you might like to, uh, but regardless, you can come hang hang out with us. Jeremy Warner is the publisher of IlliniInquirer.com, part of the 247 Sports Network, and he joins us now on the line jeremy good afternoon to you hey guys how you doing i guess i gotta watch a college football playoff show tonight huh (laughs) the suspense is building and it's not whether illinois will be called whether their name will be called but what number i've seen it up to 12 i've seen it down to 23 on the various projections Uh, and, and lauren's point is it actually doesn't really matter but it still matters to have your name called right yeah beats the alternative which has been the last what nine years (laughs) <laughs> uh, no, it's a, it's, a, it's a great sign of uh, progress for the program. It doesn't matter if they're 12 or 23. I mean, Illinois fans will be upset um, if they're 23, but they just got to keep winning because um, college football playoff, you have to win out. You have to beat Michigan. You have to beat Purdue. You have to beat Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. So uh, it seems unlikely they'll get that far, but that is actually on the table. That You can sit there and say, hey, if they won out and had two marquee wins, uh, along with some good wins along the way, Purdue would be a great win too. Um, that's on the table, and that's that's a credit to this coaching staff, credit to these players, and it's just a huge sign of uh, what Brett Bielma has brought to this program quicker than any of us imagined. Jeremy, when did you first get a hint that this was going to happen? That this turnaround, Lauren? Yeah. I think last year, uh, towards the end of the year, you saw that this was a really good coaching staff. The adjustments they made – the scheme they had on defense, um, you know, you heard the players were so bought in, but until you saw it with wins against Penn State, Minnesota, and then to crush Northwestern, there was something there, right? And then it was about can they build on that and can they find an offense? And I thought one of the best signs for Illinois football was the urgency Brett Bielma showed in changing offensive coordinators. Tony mm-hmm. Peterson's offense wasn't going to work, uh, and, and he went to Barry Lonnie, who's brought more of a modern twist on a foundational uh, and, and what Brett uh, Bielema's foundational principles are. They're still physical, pro-style team, but they run it in a, a spread concept. So I thought that was just a great sign for Illinois that 
hey, this wasn't good enough. Like, they have higher expectations than just competing for a bowl game every year. Uh, and then it was the Wisconsin game, guys. To, to see them just crush Wisconsin at what Wisconsin does so well, I thought, okay, this team's for real. Uh, and then to find a way to win in adversity against Iowa, to crush Minnesota, and then follow it up with a, a workman-like, business-like road win. Like, every week you just – it's just such a competent team, such a well-run team. Um, you know, penalties sometimes can, can be up there, but it's just a, it, the things they're doing are sustainable. And that's what Illinois has been looking at for so long. It's not just based on turnovers. They're winning in the trenches. They have good quarterback play. They have a star running back. They got stars in the secondary. They got stars on the defensive line. Like, this isn't a fluke that they're good. I'm sure you've heard the, the, the criticism that I hear and, and if it is criticism, but is, but they haven't played anybody, and I think that's probably some of why people are unsure where they'll fall in the in the college football rankings. And they, it's not their fault, but they haven't played anybody ranked at the time at game time on the day of game. Um, and and so, you know, what does the eye test tell you that I guess if you know what would they be like against an Ohio State, a Michigan, a Penn State, even Maryland, who's pretty good there in, in the Big Ten East. Yeah, you can only put people that are on your schedule, and I think the Indiana loss uh, certainly hurts them uh, in some people's eyes. But I think anybody who's seen this team thinks that they could go head-to-head against Penn State, right? Like I, I, I haven't seen anything from Penn State that makes me think they're better than Illinois. Could they be on par? Yeah. But, but talent-wise, Penn State's got a couple really good players, probably have a little bit more depth. But I think Illinois' top players are playing just as well, if not better. The quarterback's playing better. They've got a better running back than, than Penn State certainly has. So... I think Illinois is in that group. Um, they just haven't had the opportunity to play somebody in the top ten. They will in a couple weeks. Uh, I can't wait to see how they stack up because I think they can compete against Michigan. Now, Michigan's got more talent. they got more depth. But I, I do think it's a team that can compete with them. But, I, listen, I think Wisconsin could be a pretty good team by the end of the year. Minnesota, everyone had, you know, as a Big Ten West favorite a couple weeks ago. Uh, and Illinois just demolished them. Nebraska people were picking before the season – uh, to, to finish second or third. They, they haven't beat anybody in the top 25. I agree with that. But they've beaten a lot of teams, I would say, 25 through 45. Um, and that's, that's a big improvement for, for Illinois football. So I don't think they should apologize for their schedule. Um, but I do think it's a fair question of, are they really a top 15 team when they haven't beaten another top 15 team? Well, you don't got to beat a top 15 to get into the top 15. So I think they're in a group of, what, 15, 20 teams that, probably are 10 through 30 in the in the country and that'll sort itself out over the last uh, four or five weeks here well jeremy i agree 100 percent with uh, the assessment you shared about how things were looking towards the end of the season and the quality of the coaching staff but i i'm still in the group that was surprised by all this i, I guess the timing of it not the I, I thought illinois could get here with the direction they were going um, and like many, I was thinking, well, you know, they'll probably try to get to six wins, and you know, if a few things break their way, they'll get to seven or eight. Which I guess it, could, you know, that could still turn out the way that way, but it looks like it could be better than that. My question is, is how did it just all come together so quickly? Did we underestimate the talent and whoever you want to say we is? I'm not saying you. Uh, did we un- just what was underestimated about this? Well, I think this team had a lot of questions, right? And I think the roster had a lot of questions. But Brett Bielmo has been the – I'll say two things he's been the benefactor of, right? 
the, the extra COVID year has been so good to Brett Bielma, right? Like, the fact that you have Alex Palczewski, Julian Pearl, like, Devin Witherspoon is in his fourth year, but he's a redshirt junior. Like, Sidney Brown and Quan Martin shouldn't be here if it weren't for the COVID rule. Um, they have a lot of players that they've been able to get extra years of eligibility on. So the, the drop-off, you know, hasn't been as quick to some of Lovey Smith's other recruiting classes. The other thing is uh, he's coming in a fortunate time where Wisconsin's got issues, Nebraska's got issues, Northwestern's got issues, and he's taken advantage of that. That's nothing against Brett Bielma, but that's the landscape. When he won three Big Ten titles, he won them when Penn State was going through what it was going through after Jerry Sandusky, when Ohio State was going through a head coaching change after the scandal with Trestle when Michigan was down, right? That's nothing against it, but it is part of the context. But Brett Bielma also has coached the heck out of this roster, gotten more out of the talent than Lovey Smith ever had. You know, Johnny Newton and Keith Randolph were big-time gets for Lovey Smith, but, you know, they're now upperclassmen where they can get the most out of those guys. Uh, but he's also added to the roster and getting Tommy DeVito and putting him in a system with Barry Lunny that works, getting Ryan Walters and having a modern defensive scheme that couldn't be anything more different than what Lovey Smith was running, right? Uh, and then to add some Juco offensive linemen to, to fill huge holes in the roster, uh, along with some other nice depth pieces, um, maybe some underrated guys. There's some things that have worked in, in Brett Bielma's favor, but he's obviously getting the most out of what he inherited and then you know added to it, whether it's via the transfer portal as well. Well, you made a good point that Wisconsin, Northwestern, and Nebraska certainly have issues. Two of them fired their head coach, and Northwestern is down lower than we've seen them. But um, how do we treat Michigan State this week? They've lost four players over that tunnel incident, and they've been troubled even before that. What's going on with Michigan State? Well, they got some issues. Uh, I think you know Mel Tucker in that 11-win year was great uh, in the short term, but for the long term, it kind of overshadowed what was uh, a rebuild. Like Michigan State is now going through a rebuild. Now the transfer portal, he's got guys like Daniel Barker, a couple running backs and defenders. Okay, obviously help um, you know diminish some of that rebuild. But they've had some key injuries uh, to their team, especially on defense. Jaden Reed, their star wide receiver, transferred from Western Michigan to an Illinois Chicago land kid. Uh, he's been hurt for, for part of the year. Uh, so they've had like, everything that could go right went right for them last year. And then they had a star in Kenneth Walker, um, who, who was a Chase Brown-like figure, right, that probably went from a six-win Michigan State team to all of a sudden a 10-win team who won their 11th game in a bowl game. Now everything that kind of could go wrong seems to be going wrong for them. Their offensive line is, is not very good. Uh, the defense is getting better for them. I think their defense is getting more competitive the last couple weeks. But a passing attack that took advantage of all the attention to Kenneth Walker hasn't been quite as good. Uh, they haven't had as good protection. Uh, so they still have some talent. Uh, Peyton Thorne, who's out of the Chicagoland area, is a pretty good quarterback. Jaden Reed and Keon Coleman are, are good wide receivers. But Illinois is the better football team. Illinois is better in the trenches, which is weird to say for a Michigan State team given the last decade they had. Um, and, and Illinois' defense is just completely dominant. So. Michigan State's really struggled to score during Big Ten play. I think they're second to last with 16 points per game. Uh, so, so can they get to 20 points against Illinois? I don't know, because this Illinois defense, I think we see week after week after week, is legitimately great. We'll, we'll see how great when they go up against Michigan. But 
Uh, I, I think Michigan State's defense can keep them in the game a little bit, but I just I struggle to see if they can score. And of course, uh, most of the guys who are suspended are on defense, so that's going to hurt their defense too. So Illinois got a wounded team. Do they kind of come together after the accident? I don't know. I still think Illinois is a better football team. How do we treat, or how do you expect the Illini to treat a really windy, uh, not perfect day if it turns out to be that? Well, we're hearing high winds on Saturday. I think it works in Illinois' favor. Um, a lot of their a lot of their throws are short, right? Like mm-hmm. how many downfield throws is Tommy DeVito completing? They didn't have to against Nebraska. I heard some fans complaining about that after a 26-9 win. They didn't have to. Uh, they can run the ball effectively. Tommy DeVito gets it out so accurately and, and so quickly. Um, that We'll see if they have to even do that. They'll, they'll, they'll test it a couple times. But, you know, Michigan State's the team that, struggles to run the ball. Michigan State's the team that struggles to control the trenches, uh, and they've had a lot more turnovers than Illinois' offense. So uh, I, I think a windy day would only play into, into Illinois' favor because uh, they, don't, they don't toss the ball downfield all that much. Jeremy, this success for Brett Bielma, uh, for most head coaches, that usually means uh, a pay raise <laughs> or, or an opportunity somewhere else. I'm wondering if – there's an extension that's been already agreed to in, in, in principle that we haven't heard about yet or if there's conversations going on right now. And and if not, to any of those, why not? <laughs> yeah, I'd, uh, I talked to Josh Whitman um, earlier this month at Big Ten Media Days. And I said, what is your challenge as this, you know, you have this success in football? And he, he admitted it. Like, the challenge is that people are going to come after our people. And, and of course – with Nebraska and in Wisconsin, you know, Brett Bielma is going to be mentioned, or with Ryan Walters, his defensive defense coordinator, he's going to be mentioned. The one thing we've seen from Whitman here recently especially is he's been very proactive with Brad Underwood. He was very proactive with Tim Anderson, Chester Frazier, Jeff Alexander. He's very proactive uh, with Ryan Walters last season. Got that done before the season ended so that, you know, the SEC programs couldn't come and steal him. I would expect him to be proactive again. I don't know whether he will uh, get that done before the season. But Brett Bielma certainly has a lot of leverage. So does Ryan Walters and and the rest of the staff. But I think we've seen Josh Whitman is going to pour as many resources as he possibly can into making sure that everybody is kept. Can they keep Ryan Walters if he gets a Power 5 head coaching job? I don't think so. Um, But if he gets a Group of 5 job, it might be better to make, say, $1.5 million at Illinois. Uh, and for Brett Bielema, I, I, I get asked every time I go on a radio show out of town, you know, are they worried about him leaving somewhere else? I get the question because a lot of people consider Illinois, Indiana, right, or, or Rutgers, that if you have success there, you're going to bolt for the next best thing. Brett Bielema's done that. And it didn't work out for him. Uh, Brett Bielema left Wisconsin partially because of uh, Wisconsin not paying his staff enough, not giving him enough resources. That is not the case at Illinois. Um, everything he's asked for, whether it's, money to, to keep Ryan Walters or, or money to fire Tony Peterson and hire Barry Lunny or, or money for recruiting or whatever it is, uh, Josh Whitman or equipment. Uh, Josh Whitman has provided that for him. So I think it's a good pairing. I do expect Brett Bielma to get a sizable raise, but I do think Illinois is, is going to pay up because it pays for itself, right? Um, the attendance next year I think is going to go way up uh, as it did in 2008 after the Rose Bowl. So uh, I would imagine Brett Bielma will stick here because – yeah, he can go somewhere else uh, and maybe be the next guy, but Illinois, he can be the guy. Um, it's been a long time since 
since Illinois had a head coach that, that could get a statue. And Brett Bielma, uh, if he does what Hayden Fry, his former boss and coach did, and if he does what Barry Alvarez did at Wisconsin here at Illinois, um, I think there's a lot of value uh, for him to that and uh, to, to be that guy at Illinois who finally awoke the sleeping giant. Well, Jeremy, just finally, when it comes to next year, uh, is there reason to be sunny about it? knowing that so much can change between now and then, positive or negative. Scott, you're not going to enjoy this year? I'm enjoying it. I'm just asking. I'm asking, is is this to be, to, to you know, to be savored because it's not coming by again soon? No, it's a fair question. I'm, I'm just giving you grief. Um, um, that's fine. No, I, I, think, I think you can enjoy it, but know that, yeah, you got you got some work to do in the off season. but the great thing now is that transfer portal allows you to fill those holes. Um, you certainly, the biggest holes to me is I think they got some talent in the secondary. I don't think they're going to be as good, of course, in the secondary next year, but they're very high on Matthew Bailey. They're very high on, uh, Xavier Scott and Tyson Rooks, two more freshmen that can play corner and nickel for them. Now Taz Nicholson should be back. They're looking to get a transfer there. The biggest questions I have are at quarterback, uh, but you can sell, right? Like it's a lot easier to sell quarterback now than it was last year. You have a proven example of a guy who changed his career, who had the best year of his career in Tommy DeVito. I think you can find another quarterback that maybe not as good, but a guy who can step in and be a normal guy. Because I don't think it's Art Sikowski. I don't think Donovan Leary or Kirkland Michaud are going to be ready next year. You need to get a transfer quarterback. Does Julian Pearl come back? Does Isaiah Adams come back? If one or two of those guys does, I think you're going to do okay on the offensive line. they got a great sell to Juco's, and they're in on a couple big guys there. But defensive line's a big one. Uh, Keith Randolph, I think, could come back. I don't think Johnny Newton will. Calvin Avery, obviously, would be gone. But if you can get one more really talented transfer to maybe some help with, with Keith Randolph but, uh, and then add to what I think is going to be one of the best outside linebacker duos in the country next year, guys, and Seth Coleman and Gabe Ackes. Like, you, know, you lose something, but these guys get better. Like mm-hmm. Sidney Brown and Quan Martin got a lot better. The guys on the current roster – will continue to get better. I think he'll be strong at wide receiver. Uh, running back they feel good about, uh, even though they could sell, obviously, a transfer. But they got some big question marks. Oh, we still have you. Hello? Jeremy? Oh, okay. Uh, you still there, Jeremy? Yeah, I'm here. They just got a great sell in the transfer portal right now. Oh, yeah. Well, it sounds like you have thought about next year quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a job. No, I get, it, it's... Uh, I get the question no, I, uh, of why people want to look ahead. I do the same thing with all my teams. But, yeah, they, they are thinking about it, right? They are attacking that. They're already trying to get Juke offensive linemen. they got one in this class. I want to just throw one thing in because it is such a big factor. We always talk about depth. One of my great concerns about Illinois football is depth. And if I could take the top 22 players that are starting right now, are the same guys I would be starting at the beginning of the season. I know Holmes is gone, but, I mean, look what they found at defensive end. Everybody stayed healthy. And I know that, uh, you know, I'm banging my head against the wood here because to say that, but it's very seldom that you reach this point, that you reach November and everybody is completely healthy. Well, and that's why I had Illinois when I predicted the season at six wins instead of eight. I didn't, I didn't think they could overcome injuries. Well, yep. they didn't have any injuries besides Ezekiel Holmes, right? And Gabe yep. Marcus, I thought, 
at some point he or Alec Bryant would steal that job from Ezekiel Holmes anyway. So, yeah, no, it's a huge point. Like, Illinois has been fortunate with injuries. Some of that has to do with Tank Wright and his strength and conditioning staff and what they do to prevent injuries. But certainly to not have a, a freak injury or the wrong hit or a guy get rolled up on, uh, it's been a huge part of this season. If you can stay healthy when you have good starters, uh, you have a good chance of maybe exceeding some expectations. So a team like Michigan State struggling with injuries, not having a good season. A team like Illinois hasn't had really huge injuries. That's been a, a huge part of, of why they've had success. Jeremy, it's been fun to talk. You got a new uh, manager reportedly for the White Sox to think about too. Uh, that's right. All the other stuff going on. Did you know about him? <laughs> I, I heard about him like two days ago. Sure, fine. That, that's fine. He's not. He's not uh, closer to Warren's age than my age, so I'm, I'm fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> my friend, we'll see you soon. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks, guys. That's Jeremy Warner. This just coming down the the pike a few minutes ago. Michigan State has suspended some more athletes in uh, response to this incident. Uh, Malcolm Jones, yeah. Justin White, Jacoby Windman. That's him. Yep. And Brandon Wright. That's their best defensive player. Brandon Wright? No. Uh, Jacoby uh, Windman. Yes. Um, yeah, he uh, 49 tackles, 10.5 for loss, 5.5 sacks. An interception, two PBUs, six forced fumbles. He was shown taking three swings at the guy. I mean, they had to they had to suspend him because they got it on film. So, in addition to the other, this is four more, right? Yes. That so this is eight. eight. And that's I don't know how many of these new ones are starters other than him. I'd have to check it, but but that's at least three to four starters. We'll be back. It's Sports Talk. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Hi, this is Colin Likas with the News Gazette. Join us on Wednesday for the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential Show, powered by the U of I Army ROTC, live at 6 p.m. right here on DWS. Tomorrow, we're live at the Atkins Golf Club up at Homegrown for the Illini Quarterback Club, ahead of the Brett Bielma Show, which you'll also hear after the aforementioned Prep Football Confidential program here on Sports Talk. Got time for a question from a caller. 217-356-9397. Peter's on the line. Go ahead, Peter. Yeah, two, two questions. One about football recruiting and second about uh, Lauren's perspective on where this defense right, uh, might uh, rate in Illinois history. Um, the defensive lineman from Kentucky, was his name Harkless? Yes. Didn't he, didn't he commit to uh, Auburn, and didn't they just fire his, their coach? And I just wondering, is there any chance we can get it back in on his recruit? Well, I, I would have no idea. I mean, he did. He decommitted from Illinois. Is all I can tell you. Right. I, <laughs> and and very seldom do we get anybody back that decommits. But I I just uh, I don't know anything about Harkless. Okay. Uh, second thing, I go back to the '60s, and I remember the uh, the defense uh, under Butkus. That was uh, awfully good. The Rose Bowl year. And I think back on that 83 team where we played, uh, I think, three ranked teams, Iowa, Michigan, and Ohio State. Mm-hmm. We gave up zero to Iowa, six to Michigan, mm-hmm. and 13 to mm-hmm. Ohio State. Right. So that was just a little bit over six uh, points a game yep. uh, And when they were at their best. Now, later in the season, I think they gave up 21 to uh, Indiana, 24 to Northwestern, and, of course, they imploded in the Rose Bowl. 
But uh, what, how do you see this uh, this current defense ranking? I mean, on the national statistics, I mean, this is I don't, one of the best ever. But uh, I think but it's we a terrific. Really I think it's terrific performance, but they haven't played a single team that has that is ranked well offensively, and. Um, I, I just think right now it's it's not fair to say they haven't played anybody really. Now I say anybody. I mean, you know, two of the co- two of the teams they played have, have fired their coaches. I mean, we know that Iowa's got the worst offense in the in the country. I mean, I, it's just too early. I mean, but we're going to find out. I mean, we're going to find out when we play Michigan. We're going to find out when we play uh, maybe Purdue and Ohio State. I mean, who knows? Appreciate the call, Peter. The game changes through the eras. Yeah, it does. And so it's hard to comp, but it's to me, you know, how good is this defense compared to you know the Tepper years? With I'd be hard pressed. I don't want to take anything away, but the Dana Howard and 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 Simeon Rice, you know, that that's come on, <laughs> and <laughs> Holasek and yeah. Hardy and yeah. I mean, those guys were really good. And the Butkus era, but the games played a little different. Yeah. Okay. You know the yeah. shoulder pads got well, smaller too. But. Illinois is, <laughs> golly, I you just hate to say it, and everybody's going to say that it's not fair, but they haven't played anybody. They, every team they've played has had a problem this year, and now we got playing Michigan State, and they got a problem. I mean, you just can't take eight guys off the team the week of the game and say, okay, they're going to be as good as they would have been. And they weren't very good to begin with. We are back for our transition into hour number two. Michael Massey will be our guest next hour. He's a big league baseball player. Stay with us. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Hi, this is Connor Steidinger from Prairie Central Wrestling. Download the News Gazette mobile app today for the latest breaking news, local sports, podcasts, and more. Hour number one of Sports Talk, almost in the books. And Michael Massey is due with us next hour, as is Evan Kahn. There's a temptation or an interest, I think, Lauren, to say, am I watching the best? I want to know I'm watching the best. And I think that's part of what the question is, is how good is this Illini defense compared to years past? When when Illinois basketball, uh, you know, two years ago, are we watching – the best team compared to 05 and, and the flying Illini. You know, it, it, it's, it's well, apples and oranges you're sometimes. You're watching one team through eight games, and you're watching those teams through a full season that might include a bowl game, so that's kind of not comparable. Feels premature. But the dominance, there's statistical dominance it's that you could probably point to yeah. and say, okay, look how many times you held an opponent down or da-da-da-da-da. But, you know, how good was the competition – you pointed it out, Illinois. I'm not trying to detract. Enjoy the wins, enjoy the run, but it's been an opportunistic moment for Illinois football in that every team and has had some issues. Of it, they? Has gone down. Now their opponent this week is going to be without eight defensive players, including a, at least a few key starters because you of this. Said they're the third and their fifth, their third and fifth best tackler, huh? Yeah. Well, you know and. Sometimes tackle numbers don't tell you everything because nope. things can get funneled to a player and he's he's just the guy on the spot. So they're going to be funneling it to somebody else. <laughs> so a backup. Really should be a win. And that would mean next week Illinois will be playing to clinch a division title exactly against right. Purdue. No more night games in the regular season. That's the also that the word true. that came in. Uh, because... 
Among other things, I'm told both schools have to agree to play at night come November. But at this point, it'll either be 11 or 2.30, and we don't know yet. No, we won't until the end of this weekend. So that's how that all goes. Tomorrow we'll be at the uh, Atkins uh, Golf Club, homegrown. Uh, Robert Rosenthal is on the docket for tomorrow. I think he's enjoying this season, and he writes for IlliniBoard.com, and that's just some of what we got. Coach Q on Thursday, Ryan Barnhart's notebook on Friday. Lots of good stuff coming your way on Sports Talk. Mr. Tate. Thank you very much. Another one in the books. I appreciate you. Coming up, get a news update. Evan Kahn's in. We'll talk some baseball and other Illini matters. Michael Massey is our guest. Coming up on News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana.